the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Trevor Lane here. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Joined by Keith Smith. Find him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. The NBA trade season. It's officially started. We have a trade to break down. Cam Reddish to the Knicks. Nice deal for New York. We're going to break down what's going on there. What were the Hawks thinking? We'll try to piece that together uh plus we have another trade that was voided we've got more news on ben simmons and the 76ers <laughs> still being difficult but let's start with the <laughs> trade that looks like it's actually going to happen here cam reddish to the knicks keith what's this one going to look like yeah so cam reddish heads to the knicks along with solomon hill the knicks will give up kevin knox and a first round pick the the knicks will also acquire a second round pick it sounds like from from the hawks sometimes those details will tweak and change before a deal is made official it's usually the players are pretty set the pick the main picks will be there but sounds like the pick the uh, hawks will get from the knicks it's a bonus pick from new york uh it's actually going to be charlotte's first round mm -hmm. pick that comes with some protections it's got four years of protections on it it's protected 19 to 30 this year so we'll see if that conveys or not uh 17 to 30 next year and then 15 to 30 in 2024 in 2025 or more commonly known lottery protected um the then if it doesn't give a in 2025 it turns into second rounders in 2026 and 2027 that's not that that's a bonus pick for the Knicks because the Knicks have all their own first round picks. Right. The Knicks also own a future first coming from the Mavericks that is top 10 protected, or at least they can get that as 2023. That's top 10 protected for three years through 2025. And then like they generally do turns into uh, just a single second round pick because at the time that uh, that was from the Chris Tapps Porzingis trade, you couldn't go out further than that one year. So anyway, the Knicks are giving up a pick that was an extra pick for them. And then not to be disrespectful to the player, but Kevin Knox is not great. So right. that's just more of here's how we make the salary work. That's the same for Solomon Hill coming in on the Knicks side. Um, that's a salary thing. He will be uh, likely waived, I'm guessing, by New York. When they come in, they will have to waive Ryan Archie Diacono from his 10-day contract early to complete this trade. But Hill is out for the season with an injury, so he's not likely to be any uh, form of help uh, for the Knicks. So my guess is they will waive him. And then, yeah, and then they're going to get Cam Reddish, and they'll see what that looks like for the rest of this season how quickly did the knicks say yes to this trade like did they I, i'm wondering were the hawks on the on the phone they're negotiating and the knicks said deal stay on the line we're gonna get the nba on the other end of this <laughs> thing on the other end right now don't go anywhere and please don't talk to anybody because somebody else would talk them out of to me this this just it feels like terrible value for the hawks for a young player that has shown some flash here some potential the Hawks, do you think they were just done? I'm having a hard time justifying this from the Hawks' perspective. Were they just completely out on Cam Reddish? Because this pick, it might convey this year, maybe, probably more likely next year, maybe the year after that. It could potentially become two second-round picks down the road. Sure. 
to me, this isn't a very enticing asset to pick up if the main thing you're getting is a potentially super late first round pick. Yeah, I think the from the we'll jump over to the Hawks side real quick and then yeah. we'll talk about what the Knicks are actually getting in Reddish in a second. So from the Hawks side, Reddish is he's got one more year left on his rookie scale deal after this one. So he's under contract through next year, 22-23. But it's really that he's extension eligible this offseason. And that's where it starts to get a little tricky, right? Because if you're the Hawks in the summer that his deal would kick in, so this or for the season that his deal would kick in in 23, 24, this is what's already on your books in guaranteed money. Trey Young at 38.5 million, most likely. Um, we'll see if he qualifies for that designated veteran language or not. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have John Collins at 25.3, Clint Capella at 22.1. Bogdan Bogdanovich has an $18 million player option. That's probably an either or, pending how well he plays and what the market looks like uh, that offseason. Kevin Herter, because remember, he signed an extension uh, that'll kick in next year. But in the 23-24 uh, season, he'll be on the books at $15.7 million. Then you've got Onyeka Kongwu on his uh, last year, his rookie scale deal at 8.1. So without even doing the math, you can see that's expensive. Sure. And not only that, DeAndre Hunter, at the same time as Cam Reddish, is eligible for a contract extension. And Hunter, to this point, despite the injuries, has shown more as a uh, you know higher-end rotation Absolutely. player than Reddish. So my guess is the Hawks looked at this and said, we got to do something. It's time to start shaking things up here a little bit. We're just, this mix is not working. I mean, they're continuing to play poorly. They're, they're still down out of the, even the play-in uh, range right now. And it was an opportunity to, they, again, the Knox part of this, that's good nothing i mean i i'd be stunned if they didn't like jalen johnson who they drafted last year far more than kevin knox but the reality is we're getting a we're gonna get a first round pick out of this because the hornets will convey that pick at some point um they they, they will be be uh good enough but uh not so good that they'll convey uh that pick at some point here and then that's probably where that goes so that's my my guess is um you know it's uh you know that's that's where it goes um is to them if not this year probably next year or yeah. the year after um from from the hornets because they don't look like they're gonna drop down into being a, a terrible lottery team no. anytime soon so that's my guess is we're not going to pay him next year anyway. That's only going to become a, an issue. And, and here, here we go. And Hunter is back now. They've, they've got kind of a stuffed wing rotation. So, yeah, let's move on and get, get things moving in a different direction. I guess my other question here is if you're the Hawks, was this deal going anywhere? Or could you have done this deal a month from now almost at the trade deadline? Sure. And waited things out a bit more to see what else was out there. Just if I'm in my general sense and seeing reactions from Hawks fans, they're very underwhelmed by this. There had been rumblings yep. of New York and the Hawks talking. A lot of Hawks fans were thinking, oh, then we must be getting Emmanuel quickly. Something something like that that you can that sure. you can bring in and say, okay, our team is now better. I don't think they did that. So I think there's frustration from from Hawks fans based on this trade. And I can't say I blame them. I don't think they got great value financially. It makes sense, but that can be hard to sell to fans. Yeah, it definitely can be. I think um, that is, as far as your question of, was this still going to be there? 
I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the Knicks said, hey, we're chopping knocks in this pick to this team or this sure. team or this team. Because that's if that's what you're kind of looking for is a younger wing with some upside, that that's your package and off you go. So my guess is it really becomes a situation for the Hawks of Hunter's back, Herder's playing. We Bogdanovich is back. Mm-hmm. We they do like to still play Gallo at the three on occasion. Um, we just don't have room for Cam Reddish. And then what happens to his trade value if all of a sudden he's not playing or not right. playing very much? Um, you know, then does he and I don't know and I don't want to put this on him, but a lot of times we see then it becomes a problem, right? Of right. hey, you're shopping me, now you're not playing me. Like, what are you doing? You're tanking my trade value and all this stuff. So my guess is if you're the Hawks, it was Let's just move now. Let's continue to to get going and, and go from there. So that's that's where I think it would be um, from their side. Now, from the Knicks side, what are you getting in Cam Reddish, right? Because that's what you're going to look at. Right. Uh, he has not been the player I think some people think he is. I think people see that name, Duke player. Right. You know, started a lot his first couple years when he was healthy for the Hawks. But first two years, shot under 40% from the field. 38.4% as a rookie. All right, we can throw a lot of stuff with rookie seasons out and say, okay, whatever. But the second year, 36.5% in 26 games. So mm-hmm. now not massive sample sizes, but still uh, this year in 34 games, it's better, but Absolutely. it's still only 40% from the field. And roughly half his attempts come from behind the arc, where he is pretty good, 37.9%. So... What you're really getting in Cam Reddish is a guy who can score, shoot, can do a little bit off the dribble. Uh, he's pretty good in transition um, as far as getting out and running. He's an okay defender. He's not He's not like a wing stopper or anything, but no. he's competitive. He hangs in there. Um, passing is, yeah, his, you know, uh, rebounding is not great. No. Um, it's nothing to really write home about. So, you know, but if you're the Knicks, they don't have a ton on the wing behind uh, Fournier and Barrett. Um, because Burks has transitioned into being more of an on-ball ball handler type type guy uh, for them, so why why not? I mean, this is again kind of a almost a no-brainer for them of just go go get a kid and see what it looks like for the next uh, year. They don't necessarily have to extend him this this summer. They can say, hey, we're going to let it play out one more year and go into restricted free agency and keep all their flexibility. The Knicks really lost nothing in this trade, and if Reddish develops and turns out. They, they, this is a home run for them. Yeah, absolutely. If you're the Knicks, you can approach this a little differently than the Hawks, right? The Hawks, yeah. they know this kid. They've seen him for years now. The Knicks, yep. Knicks can say, well, you know, we're going to see how you fit in our system and everything. Let's let things play out and then we'll take care of you come restricted free agency when we get to that. They don't, I don't think they yep. feel quite as much pressure to extend him, but yep. this is the kind of gamble that you take. If you're, if you're the Knicks, sure. and this is still a gamble, right? A, a, even a protected first is still something, right? And it's possible that Cam Reddish doesn't pan out at all in New York, and they wind up not bringing him back, and that's it. That certainly could happen. It's not what I'm expecting to happen, but it could happen. But this is the kind of gamble that you take because you're gambling on a wing with some potential, and that's something that has value yeah. in the NBA. Teams need big Always. wings. This guy's six eight. He's shown the ability to this season to shoot the three a little bit. Hopefully that continues and the Knicks are able to continue to develop him. And then they really got a steal here. That's this is a low risk, probably medium to high reward, depending on what Cam Reddish turns into. I would say into. it's a no risk. I would even say well, no risk. I mean, get the, the pick. A protected is... first is it's something. 
right? So there's there's minimal some risk. Minimal risk. Yeah, that's mi- a good way minimal to put it. upside, probably. Um, a couple minor things just to close the books on on, on this one. Hawks create an open roster spot that could have some value now that they have now they have a bonus pick uh, that they could trade because I believe. Let me just double check. I think mm-hmm. they have. They're all of their own first as well, and they do. So now they have a bonus pick. I don't think the Hawks are done. Uh, we're four no, weeks no, from not. today as we're recording this on Thursday the 13th. We're four weeks from today to the NBA trade deadline and on uh, Thursday, February 3rd. Uh, by this time, we'll probably be going live-ish on that day. Yes. Maybe, maybe right around then. Um, we're talking about going live a couple hours before the deadline so we can act all crazy and react with everybody in the moment. <laughs> um but the reality is Atlanta's still got work to do. And I think it's clear. I mean, they're involved in all sorts of stuff out there. You know, there's, um, you know, if we, we really uh, get into it, Jake Fisher um, dropped one of those kind of notebook pieces with, you know, a million different, uh, you know, items in it about, you know, here's what teams are doing. And the Hawks were prominently mentioned. So, so I'm not, uh, I don't want to fully judge their side yet until, you know, let's see where this all goes with them. Because if they turn and flip that pick into something else, then True. you know, the, then they and, turn and flip that pick. And we should mention the open roster spot is something as well. They yeah. generate an open roster spot by this. Now it's possible, but that it's nothing. But what if they have an if they have another trade lined up and they needed that roster spot in order to facilitate that trade? This could wind up looking better for the Hawks. That's not out of the question. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, let's see see where where that ultimately goes uh, from from there. Uh, trade we thought was happening that is now not is the bull bull trade. Yes, uh, Mike Singer um, of the Denver Post was the first one to break the news that the trade has been voided uh, by the Detroit Pistons. Uh, bull. Uh, Failed a physical with Detroit, uh, as is their right. They voided the trade, and it is now going to uh, turn into um, do those guys just go back. So uh, kind of everything we had said about the Bull Bull trade uh, the other day, you can just uh, erase all that from your memory because that that's now done. Uh, this is highly unlikely to be one of those where it's reworked with right. additional compensation. It's just not worth it to Denver to send uh, more out uh, here. So uh, Bull will revert back to the Nuggets, Rodney Magruder back to the Pistons. The trade exception the Nuggets created will go away. Uh, the biggest single intrigue is uh, James Ennis already is wearing Bull Bulls number 10 jersey. So oh. what happens there yeah. <laughs> uh, on his 10-day contract? So uh, so we'll see. Um, but, you know, in reality, not a whole heck of a lot, uh, you know, changes um, with, with that. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 off uh, because of the injury to Bull. Maybe a little bit of awkwardness as those guys return, return sure. to their prior yeah. teams walking in. Hey guys, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that certainly is... It's a rarity, but it does happen every now and then in the NBA where All right, where so trade glad, gets voided. You, glad you went there. Okay. There have been five trades voided, officially voided, not reworked because of something or something else. So in not, so not David Stern. All one to the Lakers is not one of them. Um, people get all, I tweeted about this, people get all excited. Uh, so there's been five in recent memory. I will tell you the Pistons have been parts of three of them which is a little odd of the, of the most recent five. Do you remember? Did, can you remember the other four? So the bowl bowl trade is one. One that jumps out to me is, and I, I don't know if I don't recall the Pistons, if they were involved in this, but the Tyson Chandler trade as being yes. a trade that was voided. 
He went to the Oklahoma City Thunder and right. they avoided it because of a toe injury. Right. And I remember that. Yep. I don't remember if the Pistons were involved somehow as like a third nope, team. No, Pistons or were not like involved. That. Nope. I didn't that was think the so. New Orleans Hornets then uh, sending Tyson Chandler uh, to the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, in 2009. So, all right. So, that's, have, that's two. Wasn't there some back and forth on the James Harden trade initially where it was done and then it wasn't? Yeah. So, there that, that one's a little murkier. Did that actually get done and voided because right. of the Karis LeVert situation? Or was it just reworked before it was completed? Much like the Kyrie Irving uh, situation when he went from uh, – Cleveland to Boston because of Isaiah Thomas. So I, I did not count that one in there. I'm counting the, I went off of five that were truly done and then voided after the fact. There was something that happened. The European player. Yep. You're, you're, you're right around it. it Houston Rockets. Ma- Marty Eunice. Was yeah, that Donatus, Marty Eunice. Marty Eunice. Okay. Yep. Yep, okay. well done. 2016 went from the Rockets to to the Pistons, and they uh, said his uh, uh, failed D physical because of his back. Uh, surprisingly, uh, with this, Donatus Montiunis t- tweeted uh, at Woj about the voided trade. How many times will the NBPA let this happen? <laughs> Which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Great. I thought that was really really fun. That's great. Um, um, but I think right, I, more. I think we're that's going... that's all I can think of okay. off the top of my head. So we're going back in in the past a little bit here 2005 okay the nets were set to acquire sharif abdurahim from the portland trailblazers okay Uh, i wonder because of uh the the nets then it never fully came out but it was later uh, unofficially came out that it was his knee issue um sharif abdurahim said he had no knee problem uh so the rumors that the nets just got cold feet on the deal um but he never never played for them um so that was a uh, one in 2005 and then all the way back to 1994 um Sean Elliott was traded from San Antonio uh well he'd been traded from San Antonio to Detroit and then he was sent to the Houston Rockets um in a trade that was going to give the the uh the Pistons, Robert Ory and Matt Bullard. Uh, then Houston said Elliott didn't pass his physical and they voided the, the trade and Sean Elliott returned back to the Pistons. And then ultimately he left the Pistons and went back to the Spurs and then was part of, uh, I think their early championship teams with Tim Duncan mm. and, um, and uh, David Robinson. So there's a little history on avoided trades. Again, Chris Paul won, not part of it because that trade was never done. Um, I know that's a sore spot for Lakers fans, but that was no different than any other ownership groups. And now nah, we're not doing this. Just happened to be. Well, it was a little different. I mean, functionally, <laughs> functionally, yes, it was. It was. That's what happened. I mean, but awful, we, awful we, we know there were a lot of other yeah. factors in there. Yeah. I mean, it was Chris Paul for a bag of donuts and, uh, you know, some crap. So what they, but, what yeah. they eventually got. Yes. You, <laughs> no, are, you are I mean, correct. Yeah. Well, yeah, that didn't work out all that great either. <laughs> it looked better in the time um, with that. So yeah, but bowl bowl trade is off. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully that is the uh, only voided trade we'll get uh, at the trade deadline in history tells us it will be as it had been uh, six years since the last one. Yes. Well, I mean, and you know what, this can be disruptive for teams when you have a trade that you think is going through and then last minute something like this happens. So it's not something that you want to see. You don't want to see trades get voided. So no. hopefully it's not something we see again anytime soon. Yeah. Yep. 
Speaking of things that uh, that we didn't want to see, <laughs> God, rumor broke that somehow the 76ers are actually raising their asking price for Ben Simmons. This just, you know, ever since the Simmons thing started, there has been this sense out there from other teams that the 76ers don't actually want to make a trade. And the reason why they're getting that sense is because of the asking price. And now if it's getting out that the 76ers are actually asking for more than they were at the beginning of the season, that again just kind of reinforces that this idea that for whatever reason, the 76ers don't want to make a trade. I, there's a point where you're driving a hard bargain. There's a point where you are uh, where you're trying to get the best deal for your team and all of that kind of stuff. But you go too far and you and you yeah. just you wind up pushing other teams away because they're they're like you're you're out of your mind. There's no way that we're giving up all of this, um, including Tobias Harris to some franchises that might be. That might be pushing things too far, but still, that's not good news for anybody that was hoping to see Simmons traded by the trade deadline. No, and it, what I will say is, I mean, to some extent, good for Daryl Morey for sticking to his principles on this and saying he's a great player and I'm not sure. trading him for anything that isn't a great return. I, I, I've i already said my piece that like I, I worry about you know, losing a year of Ben Bede's prime and all these other things. But, but the reality is I I totally get it. Like I, I fully understand why from their side, like it's not the decision I would make, but I get why it is, you know, no, we're going to stick with what we believe is, you know, we have to get a really good return. Um, Now I do wonder, this is opposing teams are saying they're raising the price. Are they putting that out there to try to have Philly then come back? Exactly. Oh wait, no, we're not like, we're just in that season as a, as those in the league refer to it, it's that this time in the draft, it's lion season because mm-hmm. everybody's telling lies about who they like, who they don't like, and you know, what they like for packages and everything else. So it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we're going to see ultimately where, where this goes. I still think he gets traded in the next four weeks before the deadline. I just, I just really struggle to see how you take this into to next off season. I, I just, I just can't imagine it. I agree. I think it's it's going to happen. But if this is, and I, I like that you brought up that this is, like you said, lying season, right? There's there's yeah. posturing. A lot of this is going to be you know negotiations through the media. We're going to see more and more of that stuff. So we have to factor that in here. And, and of course, when we look at who benefits, it's the other teams that benefit. Like because everybody looks at the 76ers and they just go, oh, these guys are nuts. Why would they? Why would they be raising the price right now? So. Sure. If this is true, though, that they're actually raising the price, I think it makes it less likely that there is a deal. But this, again, very well could just be posturing, just negotiating through you know public perception and, and that sort of thing going on. It does make a lot of sense for a deal to get done by the deadline because, like you said, you don't want to go into next offseason still with this hanging over you. What assets could you have gotten to help the 76ers come playoff time if you were able to, to get a deal done? Makes a lot of sense to make a move right now. Um, and it also makes sense from Daryl Morey's perspective to push for the best deal that you can because you know the clock is ticking until that that trade deadline. So pushing back now to get those offers as high as possible is probably a, a smart move as well. But again, if this is actually true, that they're simply raising the price and, and consistently raising it, then I could see where a deal doesn't get done. Yeah, that that's where it becomes, you know, you you can get caught. It's like uh 
you know, getting in a, uh, you know, an auction and you're just, mm-hmm. you know, I always uh, think of it like in fantasy sports when you're trying to price and force on somebody in, in an auction league and you're like, I'm not going to let uh, pay people, you know, get this guy for this cheap. And then all of a sudden you're stuck with a player you didn't really want because, you know, you, you, you kept uh, raising the price on it. So yeah, you're just going to be cautious uh, with that. A uh, couple more small pieces of news. Yeah. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, made a two-way change. They waived Javante Smart from his two-way and they're going to sign Lindell Wigginton uh, to a two-way guard, you know, with a little bit more size coming in um, than, than Smart. Uh, there, that tells me that, that uh, Drew Holiday is expected back fairly soon, I'm guessing, uh, for them because uh, Smart's more of a uh, on-ball, uh, ball-handler guy from my recollection than Wigginton is. Um Kevin Durant's going to actually get a rest night tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't gotten one of those in, in a while. Um, so that's uh, he, he's going to get that along with Patty Mills. Um, fortunately, it comes against the um, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, but in Brooklyn. So a little bit of a different story. But they'll also clearly be without Kyrie Irving because uh, it's a home game. And then they're going to have, uh, you know, so be James Harden and some dudes um, out there for, for the Nets. But sometimes we've seen that kind of go okay. And then we've got the uh, all-star votes. Uh are in the next round of returns. Um, if we just want to cover those real quick, sure. Uh, top uh, oh yeah, overall vote getter, mm-hmm. Stephen Curry, um, at four point, almost four point five million. Yep. Uh, LeBron James right behind him at four point four million. Uh, then in the um, so the tops in the West are LeBron, Nikola Jokic, and Andrew Wiggins. Um, in the backcourt, it's Stephen Curry and John Morant. Uh, mm-hmm. Jumped ahead of Luka Doncic, so that's that's fun and uh, well earned. Speaking of John Morant, did you see this whole thing with the jerseys? Did with, did you see this whole thing from the Warriors game the other day? No, I saw. I guess you did. No, but so, I, I did. Late in that game, he scored like a really big bucket. Right, and this kid kind of sitting on the baseline jumped up and was like like excited and yelling at him. And Jaw was kind of like, "Dude, like that's great, but you're in a." Curry jersey. So after the game, and I'm very much paraphrasing, he said something like, "Hey man, I want to see our kids in in uh, Grizzlies jerseys. You know, where where my jersey, where Jaron Jackson Jr.'s jersey." Right. The Grizzlies yesterday announced that today at 5 p.m., fans can turn in fans 12 and under can turn in any opposing team jersey that they have for a new John Morant or Jaron Jackson Jr. jersey and two tickets to an upcoming game. That's smart. That's incredible. That's smart, that's right? smart so by the Grizzlies. Awesome. Like that, and that's how you like get fans for life. Yeah. Right? Like you get some kid gets a jaw jersey and gets to go to a game for free just by giving up some other jersey he had. So it was funny. I said, uh, "Man, I'm, I if it wasn't such a drive, I'd drive up and uh, my daughter has a jersey I'd return and it doesn't yeah. fit her anymore and go go get her a John Morant jersey and see a game." Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just kind of kind of a you know, fun aside there. Um, back to the all-star voting. So those are your, your West starters by the second fan vote. Right. Um, the East starters would be Kevin Durant's the top vote getter in the East. So remember that would mean Curry and Durant would be the team captains. Kind of fun there. Um, at 4.1 million Giannis behind him at 3.8 million. The other front court guy, Joel Embiid at 2.4 million. And then DeMar DeRozan easily almost double uh, the votes of the second guard in the East, which is also crap because DeMar DeRozan does not play guard and has not played guard in several years yeah. now. Um, but whatever. 
Uh, he's the top guard. Trey Young second at one point six million. So uh, De- DeRozan's almost at three million votes. Uh, Trey Young at about one point six million votes. Um, so that's word B as a reminder: fifty percent of the voting goes to the fans, twenty five percent to the players, and twenty five percent to the media. Um, and then that's how how this is uh, all uh, all decided out. This is pretty surprising when I'm looking at this. I mean, how is Andrew Wiggins getting more votes than Luca? Yeah, like that. Well, that and and I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins has. I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins has been bad because he hasn't been. He's been sure. he's been good. But should he be beating Luca in terms of votes? No, Plays I mean Warriors, right? But Dude, still, look who's fourth? Look who's fourth in the West. Clay Thompson. Yeah, like among look guards, and then and then the Chris East Chris Paul is seventh, and Russell Westbrook yeah. is sixth. Yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah, people vote crazy. Yeah, stuff. I mean, Kyrie's sixth in the East. And votes, oh. you know, so, this, but yeah. this is, this is why they do this though. Having the 50% go to fans sure. and, and other, because of res- crazy results like this. Now I'll tell you right now too. anybody who screams and yells, this is stupid. The players should decide that they're the ones playing. I've been in locker rooms at this, at the time when the players votes are due when they're saying, Hey, Trevor, you vote for me and I'll vote for you. Yeah. Cause you can vote for whoever you want, except for yourself. So it's not, it, it just, yeah, it's not uh it's nobody does this stuff for uh you know real reasons in the end i don't get too worked up on it it is the um the all-star game is for the fans yes the fans want to see certain guys great let's let's move on the you know i it is tough because we do use things like he was a 10-time all-star as part of a player resume and those kind of conversations but you know i i trust that when when we get into the coaches voting that's generally handled uh, more cleanly and again this doesn't involve uh doesn't impact um like designated player language on contracts anymore or anything like that that's all nba and all defense and those kind of things now but to be, yeah to be honest i pay more attention to the saturday night stuff on all-star weekend the, oh, the shootout yeah, the dunk contest stuff like that than the actual all-star yeah. game yeah you know, i i usually reasons. put it on while i'm doing other yes. stuff hanging out with the family sometimes i don't even watch it at all i don't it's all i want to know is did everybody make it out healthy yes Good. right that's all, all. Right, let's, let's get on to the to, to the season um yeah i saturday night though i'm locked in i love all-star saturday night yeah that's that's a lot of fun yeah so, all right. Well, all right. Bu- busy day. We had, yeah. We've got a trade. We had another trade get voided. We had more news on Simmons. All kind of stuff going down here. But um, appreciate everybody joining us. Appreciate all of our new subscribers. We've got a lot of those recently. Yeah. And if you're not among those, make sure you do hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to turn on notifications as well. Whew, this is a fun one. I wonder if we're going to have to come back later today because there's going to be more stuff going on. We'll see. I hope. I hope so. Yep. It's uh, I, I am now I, I uh, informed formed to the family. I'm now full on phone doesn't go on silent uh, for the next uh, four weeks. It, it you know so we we get woken up in, in the middle of the night because of a uh, you know random Mark Stein tweet about soccer. Uh, well, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> we are <laughs> gotta, high alert here, people. Yep. high alert. Yeah, get my get my notifications on. I get my list ready to go. I am uh, I am locked in and ready for the trade deadline four weeks away. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.